And welcome back to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am your host, Honey Bee. And I'm your other host, Precious D. And today we are looking at the amazing, colossal man. Ugh. Or as I would like to say, the annoying, colossal <laughs> man baby. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, still, we are still in 1957. Oh, God, I can't wait to get out of 1957. Uh, black and white, 80 minutes. I don't have a budget, but the box office is 848000 This movie is directed by Bert I. Gordon, who is a cheap-ass motherfucker. He directed <laughs> Beginning of the End, oh, and we will yeah. also come back to his oeuvre later with Earth vs. the Spider and War of the Colossal Beast, which is a sequel to this movie. To this movie? Yes. No. He directed three movies in 1957 and three movies in 1958. That is too many movies in such a short amount of time. Yeah, you got a lot going on, bud. Um, maybe, maybe take a little break. Focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> <sighs> Man, uh, this movie and its sequel and beginning of the end have all been on Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'm uh, trying to uh, find beginning of the end in my notes just so I can. But oh, oh, here we are. Here we are. This is also an uncredited adaptation of Homer Ian Flint's 1928 short science fiction novel, The Nth Man. Uncredited. Does that mean they just ripped it off? Or did they actually get the rights and not bother to put it in the credits? I think, Ooh. based on what a cheap-ass son of a bitch Bird Eye Gordon is, that they just, just took the idea and didn't. Damn, did this guy steal your lunch money? Well, I mean, look how cheap <laughs> beginning of the end was. Yeah. And then what do we have in this one? Oh, I'm not even going to bother with a creature. I'll just shave the actor's head and put him in a diaper. <laughs> And that'll that'll be our monster. Oh, shit. <sighs> yeah, I was Jesus. a little concerned, like, even going into this, like, man, like, how is this going to be a monster? And even, like, through the movie, I'm like, the only, like, monster thing about this is this guy's horrible fucking attitude. I can't stand yeah. this guy. Uh, what, what a fucking baby. <laughs> yeah, he's a jerk. He's, uh... Now, this movie is kind of the opposite of The Incredible Shrinking Man, which we're not covering, but it also came out in 1957. Uh, be a cool double feature. Yeah, it is a much better movie. Oh, really? But I wouldn't go so far as to say they were ripping it off or anything, because they've already ripped off somebody else for this movie. Yeah, The Incredible Shrinking Man is kind of a classic, and I think is better made. And there's sort of giant monsters in it, in that the man shrinks and things that aren't giant appear giant uh, to him. Yeah. So there are there's a normal sized cat and a normal normal sized spider, but he's very small, so they are threatening to him. But we're watching this piece of shit instead. We 
Scene one, it starts with a bomb test. They're testing a plutonium bomb. This opening reminded me of the Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah? Well, you might not realize it if you haven't read the original comic books, but the original version of the Incredible Hulk, they're testing a gamma bomb. Mm -hmm. They're in a bunker, and a teenager in a truck drives his truck out on the testing field and then just stops and starts playing his harmonica. What? Yeah, and... Dr. Banner sees him and he's like, hold the countdown. I'm going to go get that kid. And unfortunately, one of his co-workers is a Russian spy, so he doesn't hold the countdown. And Banner gets caught in the blast. But that's actually from 1962. So maybe the Hulk is ripping off this movie. So, I mean, he's a big man. Yeah. Hulk did a much better job. I'll say that. In a very similar situation, this bomb is being tested. And for some reason, there's a bunch of soldiers that are in a trench. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why they aren't in a bunker, but they're just in a trench. And they've got tinted goggles on and helmets and stuff, but they shouldn't be anywhere near this thing. Mm-hmm. And then then the bomb fails to go off when it's supposed to. Yeah, well, like, the, the guy is, like, talking like they're, like, blah, 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 talking about this explosion in this trench. And then the guy's like, can we smoke? And the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, sure." I'm like, wait, what? You're talking about this? Expl- I feel like smoking is the worst thing you like could do right now. You're waiting for an explosion. Yeah, so we just need to sit tight until the bomb goes off, or we figure something out, and then a plane wanders into the area and goes down. I mean, they're mm-hmm. conducting a bomb test. They should have informed all of the airports. And airlines and everybody, this is restricted. It's probably restricted airspace anyway because they're on some kind of base or, or yeah. army army facility testing ground. But uh, the plane goes down. And so Colonel Manning runs out there to try and help the pilot. Mm-hmm. And, of, of course, at this point, the bomb goes off. Right. There was this moment here where, you know, it's like the beep, beep, beep that they're listening to to like for the bomb testing. And then the silence when it stops and you know that the... <laughs> Like, bomb's about to go off, like that oh shit moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I felt like, ooh, okay, maybe this movie is going to be good because that's like such a good moment to have. Right. That like oh shit moment. And this was like, I was very hopeful at this point. Like, ooh, okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Nah. Then, nah, dog. Going to be a no for me, bashed. dog. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to the hospital and then operating room, and there's some woman waiting outside wife maybe mm-hmm. some reporter comes in and starts running his mouth and we find out she's a fiance yeah he's got third degree burns over almost a hundred percent of his body they were supposed to get married tonight mm-hmm. which is weird it is weird it's weird in this moment and it's weird in the flashback just that um i've you know scheduled a wedding but i got a bomb test on the same day mm-hmm like it won't take too long so i'll just yeah. do my wedding afterwards hope everything goes well also who gets married at night i mean i've been to like weddings at night i've been to receptions at night but the oh yeah weddings true, usually true. earlier in the day mm-hmm. so uh but this is something we haven't seen in a while we have to go back to the japanese movies this woman's just a girlfriend she's not a scientist she's not a reporter she's not a publisher she's just a boring old girlfriend yeah but she nancy drews that shit <laughs> that's true she she's does. a good girlfriend she's a down ass bitch she is she's a good girlfriend <laughs> she's out of his league this doughy, she's so crybaby 
Uh, so the doctor's speculating that he will die of shock or infection by the Dr. Downer, the pessimistic doctor. He will die by shock or infection by the morning. Yeah. He comes out and talks to her. Carol, uh, we find mm-hmm. out is her name. And uh, they put him in an oxygen tent. Next morning, nurse comes in to check and notices something and starts frantically calling for the But doctors. the funny thing is about this moment is that she comes in, like lifts his feet, like around his waist area, and then is like, ah, oh my God. I was like, what the hell? Like she like lifts his sheet up and is like, you know, like we don't know what she sees. She right. just like starts calling for the doctors. And I thought that was hysterical because. You shouldn't. <laughs> Like, she shouldn't be able to see. So we're about to find out that he's completely healed up. And so obviously it, it's meant to be that she has seen that he's healed and calls for the doctors. But his he was burned over almost 100 percent of his body. So everything yeah. should be covered with bandages. They should have no idea that he's healed until they cut the bandages off. But she spotted right. something. Yeah. And it looks call. like she spotted his amazing colossal <laughs> man, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, could be, could be a little, little morning wood that made her think, oh, maybe he's healed because he's not screaming (laughs) out in pain. Because I imagine if your penis has been burned and then you get an erection, it probably hurts. Oh. If that's even possible. Who knows? But the doctors come in and they, (laughs) this took an unpleasant turn. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) The doctors come in and cut off the bandages and he's totally healed up and the music is very excited about it. <laughs> Hell yeah. We'll get some good score here. We are feeling excited. There's not a scar and Carol enters and sees this. So uh, the next scene is in a conference room and there's a film screen set up. Could it be? Could it be? I are we going to get a... Be. Are we going to get a film presentation? Mr. Kingman, who played a major role in developing the plutonium bomb, has been brought in, and he has brought the film. The reporter had mentioned that there was cameras all over the testing site that should have recorded him getting blasted. And they want to know from Kingman how was he able to survive and grow new new skin. And Kingman seems to think, "Eh, it's no big deal. I don't know, what yeah. are you asking me for? I mean, you know, the bombs go off, people heal. What is, what's the, why are you making such a big deal about it? Uh, but they're like, well, think what it could mean to medical science if all you had to do was drop a plutonium bomb on somebody to heal them up. <laughs> uh, but we get a film presentation. Yes. Check off that box. Yay. First, first it is stock footage of bomb tests. We've seen, I know I've seen this footage before mm-hmm. of the little building getting blown away. Yeah. And then we see uh, Manning getting hit, put it, throwing up his arms and then kind of his clothes and hair getting burned away. Mm-hmm. And then Kingman concludes that something out there is beyond the limits of our knowledge. Thanks. Big, big help. Yeah, great. Thank you. Carol is in bed later, and somebody knocks on the door in the middle of the night. Lieutenant Klein wakes her up just to tell her that she will not be able to visit at the hospital for a while. I don't know Mm -hmm. why. They didn't tell me. I was there with them when it happened, but I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And here's, here's where the Nancy Drew shit begins. 
Oh, yeah. You can't visit him at the hospital. I will immediately go to that hospital. Mm-hmm. She said, not my man. <laughs> Terrible security at the army hospital. Awful. Yeah, and all the doors just unlocked that she just randomly hides in. <laughs> great. He's, but he's he's not in his room. Some doctor claims to never have heard of him. Yeah. Receptionist is no help. There's no listing. And Carol asks to speak to the manager, but he won't be back. And Dr. Lindstrom was just here temporarily. He is gone. He just mm-hmm. came in for a special case, a case I have no record of and know nothing about. Mm-hmm. But then she gets called away and Carol checks the clipboard and sees Dr. Paul Lindstrom and Dr. Eric Coulter, who throughout the rest of my notes, I continually refer to as Dr. Number One and Dr. Number Two because I can't remember <laughs> their names. Even though I wrote their names down, cannot remember them as we go. It also says where, where they work, I guess, at some research lab. So she drives to the U.S. Army Research Center and mm-hmm. meets some guards, some MPs, and uh, does the sort of privileged white snoop, lady shit. Snoops, snoops around. Gets, uh, the sergeant will see you, and so they let her in. And and uh, here I wrote, Robbie the Robot calls for Dr. Lindstrom. I think it's not in the credits, but I think Marvin Miller voice of Robbie the Robot, is doing some voiceover work in this movie. Nice. Because he comes over the PA calling for Dr. Lindstrom. Oh, yeah. Sergeant Sergeant lies to her face, saying there's no Colonel uh, Manning here, and then Mm -hmm. just leaves. Does not make sure she leaves the building. Again, shitty security. Does not escort her from the building. Does not make sure she's gone. He just leaves. So she snoops around. Like you do. The doctor's passed by talking about the patient. He's doing better, still unconscious, been in keep the room at 80 degrees. There's a couple times where Lindstrom is insistent that things be kept at 80 degrees. And Carol finds the right room and sees that Manning has grown to giant proportions and is bald and in a diaper. <laughs> She screams and passes out. In the next scene, Lindstrom is, uh, doctor number one, is explaining to her why we lied to you. None of it makes any fucking sense. None of it. Uh, and they could, it's so weird because they bother, they come to her to say, well, you can't come see him. And they could just said, and we're going to have to move him to a secure facility because of, you know, the strange nature of what's happened. And we're very sorry. But instead they do this whole, we never heard of him nonsense. Yeah. But then when she finds him, they're like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. You're fine. You can stay. In fact, you have to stay. At some point, mm-hmm. she is required to stay. But then later, will be uh, they will attempt to force her to leave. So, uh, but he went from from eight feet to ten feet in a day, <laughs> and he tells her, as you probably know, the body is like a factory. <laughs> Little Osmos Jones moment. Something about x-rays and new cells replace old ones, but the process is out of balance because new cells are being made, but the old ones are not dying. And he will continue to grow until he dies. Well, isn't that kind of the case for all of us? (laughs) Not that we'll get bigger, but, you know, our cells will continue to to replicate until they don't. Uh, And then we, uh, the next scene, Manning is dreaming. Yeah, kind of stirring. Like, I thought maybe like, oh, is he waking up? But he's just kind of stirring. Right. But he seems to be, rather than actually dreaming, having accurate flashbacks mm-hmm. to to real things that have happened. Mm-hmm. He volunteered for the Korean War. But hey, we'll get married when I get back. Uh, he's having a picnic with Carol. 
and then and talking about why why do you got to go and oh, we're supposed to get married no oh, don't worry about it we'll get married when I get back and then he's getting bombed in Korea mm-hmm. and uh, he's there with a buddy and look out bang and yeah his buddy saves his life first yes and then dies guy stabs his buddy in the back and he shoots that guy in the face in the face and then there's some sort of uh army band and coming home and getting off the plane or the boat or whatever and then an empty picnic and then the countdown to the bomb going off and he wakes up and he's been asleep for a couple days he wakes up and he's looking around and he's like why is everything confused yeah why why is everything so small bald scream he doesn't scream until he notices his bald but I wrote down here good joke so ladies and gentlemen if you can if you have a friend who is comatose or unconscious for a large amount of time shave their head put them in a diaper and then put them in a room filled with miniature furniture Turn on the camera and wait to see what happens. Oh, my gosh. Great prank. Trust me. <laughs> It'll be worth the effort. Uh, that's hilarious. He, I didn't realize that he didn't scream until he realized he was yeah. bald. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the next scene, there's talk about... <laughs> the next scene, there's talk about uh, getting a circus tent. I want to know, though, how... So they need a circus tent because he's continuing to grow. How do they mm-hmm. get him out of the room? Do they need to knock oh. the wall down to get him out? Carol's there. She's being told that he's in shock and he was 20 feet, 22 feet tall this morning or long. Mm-hmm. We find out his name is Glenn and they're flying in Dr. Mayer from Sweden. Ooh. And what did I write? What's Oh, and she's so she's talking to she goes in to talk to him mm-hmm. and he says, what sin could a man have committed in his life to end up cursed like this? There's words to that effect. Yeah. And then pouts like a giant baby. I'm just like, why is he throwing this fit? Like, why is he acting this way? I don't, I do not understand. I don't and... either. And the, I mean, I don't know. I kind of think the dream sort of implied to me that he has some PTSD from the war, which, um, were they still calling it shell shock? <laughs> they used to call it back in World War One. They called it shell shock, and then mm-hmm. I think in World War Two they started calling it battle fatigue. Oh, um, just you're just a little, you're a little battle fatigued. <laughs> you just need a little rest. Mm-hmm. And then they got much more clinical with it with the post traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. But that seems to be likely that he's got some kind of problem with that but it seemed like he was a competent yeah he was a he was person. a good guy he was a nice guy he was he was literally trying to save yeah that pilot like it showed his character and how like and even she talks about um carol talks about like why him he was such a good man he's such a great like compassionate person <laughs> So it doesn't make any sense to me why he's being a huge fuckface now. Right. It and I really of... think that he's the only the only monster in this movie, like the only reason he's a monster. Like he turns himself into a monster, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. 
it uh well it does seem to be affecting his brain at some point but yeah he doesn't deal with it well at all it reminds me of a onion article i read once about a local man loses cowardly fight with cancer because <laughs> the story is usually about the brave fight somebody had with cancer but this story mm-hmm. is that that the cowardly was a coward, fight. That he was a cowardly oh, fight, and he was just a total crybaby the whole time. And uh, <laughs> that's what uh, Colonel Glenn Manning is. Yeah, he, oh, God. <laughs> uh, but the next scene is a meat delivery. 25 sides of beef. And the tent oh. is up at this point. And then, <laughs> you going to make a joke about meat delivery? <laughs> I mean, I want to, but we've got a meat delivery for you, lady. Where do you want it, in the front or in the back? Oh, he, 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 a meat delivery. Uh, this nosy driver wants to know what's with all the meat, and uh, the MP just tells him because yeah. he knows because he knows the guy won't believe him, and the guy doesn't. It's like it's yeah. for the giant, the giant we got in that circus tent over there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> then we get some new the news from Las Vegas. Uh, I wrote news Las Vegas, but I didn't make note of what it was. <laughs> I think it had to do with the atomic test, uh, but mm. we'll be hearing from this news guy again later. Uh, in the laboratory, they're testing rabbits, but nothing yet. Well, double the amount. Try something. Where's Manning? He's out with Carol. He is mm-hmm. now 2,987 pounds and 30 feet. Damn. Uh, so the two of them are chatting on the beach, uh, and he makes his joke and the music underlines the joke and Lindstrom says it's not going so well and tells Carol it's no good for you to be here I thought it was good at first but and the government insisted that you be here and I will drive you back to the lab yeah I think Glenn has kind of stomped off in a huff and then mm-hmm. Lindstrom just uh, pops in and is like keeps trying to remove the one piece of emotional support that Glenn has yeah. Well, I mean, he really is like, he doesn't give a shit about her or her feelings anyway, but still. Yeah. So Glenn goes into the tent and tries to read a tiny little book. <laughs> and a guy brings in dinner, which is a whole turkey. And uh, he wants to look at the newspaper. And it says, man lives through plutonium blast. So I guess it's only partly classified. Mm-hmm. And he starts choking, but then drinks some water and he's okay. And and he just is taking out his emotions on the sergeant. The sergeant seems a little nervous. And why wouldn't you be? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> he talks about his expandable sarong. You. And says the title of the movie. Refers to himself as the incredible colossal man, very sarcastically. And at this point, he's clearly starting to lose his mind. And yeah. gets, I wrote bellyache, but it turns out it's a heart pain. I just wrote here, you, this movie gives me the creeps. <laughs> well, lucky you, there's a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> In the next scene, the doctor is explaining about his heart is not growing as much as the rest of him because reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got to stop the growing soon 
or his mind will go first, and I wrote too late, and then his heart will explode because it won't be able to keep up with the, the rest of the body. Yeah. Uh, other doctor, later the other doctor is at the microscope and nothing is conclusive. <laughs> and here I wrote, what if they had used the bomb and created an army of enemy giants? Oh, shit. Because this bomb was intended to drop on other on enemies. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a huge mistake. <laughs> Good thing they tested it. And the thing is, if the test had gone the way it was supposed to, they wouldn't have known that it does this to people. Yeah. Because it would have just blown down a bunch of buildings. The people would have Ooh, all been safe. Yeah, I've never even thought about this. Yeah. So, good thing that didn't happen, I guess. And uh, totally. enter doctor number one. Got to act quickly. And Carol's got to go. And again, I wrote, remove all support. And discussion of... Uh, it's something. I don't know. <laughs> X pindles. I don't know. They discuss the situation. I don't know what the hell I wrote there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carol is awakened later by coughing and goes to check on Glenn. And he says, what did you expect? Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? Uh, uh. Doesn't doesn't make any sense. Uh, but he's being very morbid. He's being a dick. Point. Like, there's... Yeah. Yeah. And tells Carol to go. But she's not gonna because she's... Because she's a down ass. She's the A1 from the day one. And yeah. she is so down for him. And he is a prick. I love Carol. Yep. Ladies, if she... your man is like this, let me just take you off of his hands. <laughs> now, this, you know, he is going through an extraordinary circumstance and he's not dealing with it. Yeah, but he did, he gives no fu- if he was if he gave any fucks about anything or wanted yeah. to know anything, like wanted to be like was really genuinely worried about what was happening to him, he would, you know, I just uh, they do, I hate this guy. I mean, we we do get some indication earlier that the process is affecting his brain. So, maybe not uh. completely his fault. And then the next morning, though, he has disappeared. And I wrote, what the fuck? I wrote, another huge-ass, quote-unquote, monster disappears. Great. Yep. Can't find him anywhere. (laughs) 50 feet tall. Can't find him. Always happens. Carol blames herself because they had an argument. And I wrote, doctor number two has the answer. Guess he's doctor number one. So I've been casting him as the sidekick doctor, but he's the one who's come up with He's the the main character doctor. Yeah, I mean, he's got the answer. The other guy's useless. The other guy just bitches and moans and tells Carol to go away. (laughs) Uh, And then there's some some bullshit about the bone marrow and sulfahydro, blah, blah. Uh, Not unknown quality in plutonium. Uh, act, it's acting the same we assumed it was an unknown quality in the plutonium but it's acting the same as hydrogen exposure blah 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 sulfa hydro injection should stop the growth and then stimulation of growth controlling hormones will make him shrink again mm. honeybee how do you make a hormone <laughs> uh, I don't know you, you, you don't pay her I thought I was going to be like, well, like in pleasure. No. That was disappointing. Uh, oh, so, sorry. <laughs> That's what she said. That is what she said. 
<laughs> because he didn't pay her. Um, I was going to say lots do- of circles. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Lindstrom says that it won't work. And Dr. Coulter says, uh, oh, yeah? Behold, my miniature camel and elephant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously. And I wrote bullshit. Oh, so funny. You can't just stimulate the growth hormones and make them shrink like that. It's not. Yeah, I was wondering if he had to make them big in order to shrink them or if he just like shrink them. No, we saw them earlier. There was some right, test yeah. animals and they were talking about, well, do the, use this on the big ones and this on the small ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, he says something about high frequency stimulation of the pituitary and you know, bullshit. And then some army guy comes in and says, we can't find him anywhere in a 10 square mile area. Yeah, except then we see him and he's literally just sitting in the fucking street. Right. <laughs> he said, but we're going to look for him. I got two copters and one pilot and the doctor will fly so that we don't have to hire another actor. <laughs> And later in the helicopter, Carol asks him, how do you know how to fly a helicopter? And he says, in the laziest writing to date, I just wanted to learn and did it. (laughs) (laughs) He may as well have just said, because reasons. I mean, Uh, they, they check out the Boulder Dam and then they head to Vegas and then in the next scene, we see some map work going on 50 miles between here and De- so check off map work. We've had film presentation and map work uh, 50 That's miles fun. between here and the dead cattle. He's been gone for 15 hours. We think he's just moving back and forth in an aimless pattern. It's not a pattern if it's aimless. Mm-hmm. He's now 50 to 55 feet someone might spot him and shoot him. The phone rings to tell us there's no reports. <laughs> ask, ask the state police to report anything odd. Is he dangerous? Uh, we can help. No answer is what I have written here. <laughs> we don't and, really know. He's kind but of we just might, a giant toddler. Yeah, but we might have to stop him in in air quotes mm-hmm. and then and then carol comes in and yeah and then the, the next scene is the middle of the night he's crying in the middle of the road and i don't know if you noticed this the passenger the drunk mm-hmm. who says oh, not another drop is hank patterson known as playing fred ziffel on petticoat junction and green acres who we saw in beginning of the end and we'll see in Earth versus the Spider. So nice. Bert I. Gordon must like casting this guy in bit parts. Mm. I like him enough to give him a real part, but if he needs There's a drunk some extra guy, ease. yeah, he was a drunk in the last one that we saw him in because uh, <laughs> they were questioning the guys that were in the drunk tank. Yeah, and uh, I think I think that was the one, or was them the one? With, no, them had the people in the drunk tank. Yeah. These movies are all blurring together. No, he was the guy who had left the town that was destroyed at like 1130. And then they compared that to when the operator realized no one was answering. So not a drunk in that one, just a drunk in this one. Uh, Carol's in bed and she can't sleep. And 
then the doctors are talking and Lindstrom is saying that he should have been confined. We should have built a fence. And I wrote legality, no crime. (laughs) I mean, yes, it's an unusual situation, but he has not committed any crimes at this point. Can you just lock him up against his will? Right. He is in the military, so I guess you can just order him. Uh Your your orders at this moment are do not leave this place. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I guess that works, but still. Carol comes in, uh, check the needle. He tells the doctor, other doctor, go check the needle and insists that Carol leave. And she says, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going. You can't make me. Uh, two more reports of slaughtered cattle are, come in and a report that he was seen on the road. And then we get a sort of a Death Star briefing scene <laughs> with, with, with some chalkboard work as a room full of soldiers and a guy at a at a chalkboard explaining the whole situation uh-huh. and that he's now 18,000 pounds and then and what do we do when we find him don't don't approach him don't shoot him unless in self-defense and just call it in and then there's some map work then helicopter with the giant needle then the news guy being very sarcastic and condescending talks about the um, flying saucer observers of earth organization mm-hmm. have some competition with this report of a giant man in the road <laughs> very soon after this he's like well my god those reports were serious yeah <laughs> one of the airplanes has the call sign king nancy <laughs> and i think we hear robbie the robot again <laughs> and i just wrote helicopter and then the giant starts moving into town and takes a stares at the giant statue on top of the dunes casino mm-hmm. and the lady screams and then uh and then, then he the peeps in an apartment window <laughs> in a bit yes in the first the jeep is on the road and the giant is on the strip we're contacting the local police we are 40 minutes away jesus People on the strip stare at him, and yeah, I wrote Kong window bit with mm-hmm. lady in tub. Yep. And then, and here's where I think his brain is starting to go, because mm-hmm. he just he just punches in the window for no reason, mm-hmm. and she hides behind her shower curtain. Yeah, he he's at this point like still not like done anything to make him really like a monster, except for be big. Like he's still not yeah. hurting people or. Like, even the people that are, like, screaming on the street, he's just kind of like, oh, well, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of screaming on the street, there's remarkably little screaming on the street at this point. There's a police car and a very small crowd, but they're all just standing there looking. Yeah. And I wrote, run, you idiots. <laughs> news guy comes back on to tell us it's real he's over 60 feet high stay in your homes and where did he come from uh-huh. uh hello they're in, in the helicopter they're wondering how we're going to administer this shot there's a hotel i'm guessing a lot of these hotels are you know famous hotels with gimmicky signs and things yeah i, I didn't recognize this one but it's a crown uh-huh. like a king's like one of those poofy king's crowns on the top and he picks it up but then he doesn't put it on. He just sets it back down. Yeah. And one of the cops wants to shoot him. It's like, I don't care what the army says. I think we should shoot him. 
Are you just going to let him get away with destroying property? God. Really? That's that's your most important concern right now? Sounds like a cop. 60 foot high person. Well, it's a good thing he's not black. They would have shot him already. Ooh. But again, I wrote very small crowd, two cops, but still calm. And then, bang. Yeah, shoots which, him anyway. Which, which, of course, is useless, and he picks up a tree and throws it. And at the Sands Hotel, picks up a car and throws that, but doesn't seem to hit anybody. Mm-hmm. And the news guy looks at, decides to look out the window and see if we can see anything. And there's more police shooting. And I wrote, oh, no, cowboy. The famous cowboy sign at the Pioneer Club. Oh, yeah. Gets picked up and torn up. And I also wrote, so doughy. <laughs> they decided not to cast some sort of bodybuilder in this part. Just a average <laughs> doughy guy in his giant diaper. Hell, yeah. Uh, helicopter over Vegas says he's heading towards Boulder Dam. Colonel in the Jeep is also heading towards the dam, and then the helicopter is right in his face. Eric, get the needle ready. We're setting it down. Oh, God. And they they get out, and Dr. Number 1 has the bullhorn, and Dr. Number 2 has the needle. So, again, Dr. Number 2 is actually Dr. Number 1, because he's doing the real work with the needle. <laughs> Glenn seems to be having trouble understanding them, so, yeah, his brain is not functioning properly, and they stab him in the ankle with the needle. Mm-hmm. I think this movie has a kill count of one, two if you count The Amazing Colossal Man. Because at this point, Colonel Glenn picks up the giant needle and throws it like a dart right (laughs) into Eric. And then he King Kong's Carol, picks her up, starts crossing the dam, and the guys in the Jeep on the other end of the dam get out with the bazookas, but... uh, Lindstrom's yelling, where? Don't shoot. He's got Carol. Put the girl down. And I wrote, don't do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he does, fire. Ah, and the effects in this movie so far have not been great. Yeah. It's just a lot of sort of chroma key walking in front of a screen of a you know bald guy in a diaper. Mm-hmm. But they reach a really low point when he falls off the damn and is clearly just lying down in front of the blue screen or whatever it is they're using (laughs) he's obviously not falling they're just moving the picture past him and that's the end yeah like what so why the fuck did we even get the shot and shit to try to make him small and then at the end he just fucking died like we just kill him off yeah killed one guy yeah, never never got to the point of let's use the ray or whatever. We were supposed to inject him with one thing and then bombard him with something else and that would shrink him. But yeah, amazing Colossal Man die, everybody cry. Wow, I can't believe there's a fucking sequel. There is War of the Colossal Beast, which apparently was, it is a direct sequel, but was not marketed as a sequel. Because really they should, well, it says also known as Revenge of the Colossal Man and the Colossal Beast. So yeah, Revenge of the Colossal Man, better title to let us know that it's a sequel to The Amazing Colossal Man. I guess we might get the answer to some of these questions. Yeah, I guess I I guess so. I mean, man, I could honestly live without the answers, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, in the next movie there's somebody called Sally Manning. Is that maybe his sister? Cuz I mean, Joyce. Sally Frazier as Joyce Manning. 
But his fiance's name wasn't Joyce, so maybe it's his sister or his mother. Mm. Uh, yes. Army officer, Lieutenant Colonel Man- Glenn Manning's sister. Oh. She thinks he survived. Damn. I mean, he falls in, he falls in the water at the, yeah. the dam, and then we don't, and then they just end the movie, so nobody finds the body or, or yeah anything. this movie was an amazing colossal piece of shit <laughs> it looks like somebody else is playing i don't think anybody returned for this movie someone Damn. else is playing glenn and none of the other characters names i don't recognize any of the names of the no other carol no carol oh i like carol it's his sister instead so, uh, what are you going to rate this year? I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Um, so, a, so, a one. One star. Yeah. One colossal dump. Uh, and the, uh, all of that one star is for Carol. And it's, yeah, and it's for Carol. Shout out, girl. I love you. You're amazing, but you deserve better. <laughs> Kathy Downs played Carol. Kathy Downs, you deserve better than this movie. Did she have a good career? Uh, let's see. Looks like things from around 1945 to 1958. So not a very long. This is one of her last movies. She mm. was in Missile to, Missile to the Moon and Tombstone Territory after that. Hmm. Uh, well, I love well, Carol. And she died in 1976 at age 50. Dang. Oh, died of cancer. In 1976, her former husband, Kirkwood, learned Downs was in dire financial straits. He was reportedly setting up a trust fund for her when he learned she had died of cancer at age 50. She was married. He was Joe Kirkwood Jr., a professional golfer. Hmm. Uh, and and motion picture actor. Well, he played he J, he played Joe Palooka in films and on TV. Anyways, so anyway, that yeah, it's sad. Uh, sad for her, but she was in a few number of things. None of I'm not really. Oh, she was in Joe Palooka and Triple Cross. Maybe that's where they met. I do not really recognize any of these other movies that she was in, except uh, Missile to the Moon. Hmm. Yeah, one star. I'm gonna give it one star too. It's it's crap. Crap. Uh, watch the Mystery Science Theater 3000 yeah. episode that it's on. Uh, that's going to do it for today. As always, you can write to us at monstermoviefuntimego at gmail.com. You can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm anchor.fm slash mmftg. Look for us on Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter uh tell all your friends spread the word buy one of our t-shirts wear it around town cafepress.com slash mmftg remember everybody keep calm and take shelter in basements we will not see you but you will hear us next time on monster movie fun time go monster movie fun time go You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg. Go, go, go.